This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to another Gangplank Report. You've heard Adrian and Jen talk about the most recent episode of this hit Bravo series. Now it's time to hear from you, the superfans. It's time for the bonus episode of the Gangplank Report. And here they are, Adrian Gang and Jennifer Bennington. Hey guys, welcome to another Gangplank Report superfan interview. And this one's a little bit different. I can't, I mean, you're definitely a superfan, but... I would also say you're just as interactive with the show on the same type of level that Jen and I are. So we've got somebody pretty special here, Jason Barrett, and he is down with Jason and has an awesome YouTube show that he does on Tuesday nights at 11 live. And I was actually on the show not that long ago, which was a super fun experience. I had to caffeinate myself but it was a lot of fun and we're excited to introduce you guys to him so this is Jason welcome hi thank you so much for having me I appreciate it and it was so fun having you on Anchor Watch we do it every Tuesday night at 11 p.m and you had our live chat going crazy so I loved having you thank you so much oh it was such a blast and I have to be honest with you Jason I wouldn't have known about you until Captain Sean told me about you and how much fun he had doing his show with you guys. And I thought that was just awesome. And it's funny how you guys have a similar story in your relationship with Sean as Jen does with me, because at first <laughs> Jen didn't like me very much when I was on the show. And look where we are now. <laughs> so I feel like... What was I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? It's not that I didn't like Captain Sean. It's just the way Bravo introduced us to him was very silly, right? So yeah. we would just make fun of like, well, what would Captain Sean do if he was here? And we'd always bring up his photo like he was kind of a joke. But then he reached out to me and he's like, hey, I watch your show. Yes, I will do your show. I didn't even ask. He told me he's coming on the show. That's and awesome. Had... <laughs> I love him so much. <laughs> we had such a great conversation. He gave me such a great education. I honestly have gotten to know him so well and he is so respected in the industry and he's such an amazing captain that I almost wish we saw him on below deck now right I mean Adrian's known him for years but I had the benefit of doing the interview with him before he showed up on the show so I already knew him as a person and his interview fascinated me just all the different things between the Northwest Passage and being part of the Explorers Club and all of that I was completely fascinated and he won me over. And then I was so hurt when I saw everybody's response to him when he was on the show. And it was like, Bravo did make it look 
very odd and strange. And so it wasn't like I didn't understand, but since I knew he was so much better than they were treating him, it was really frustrating for me to watch and see how people were like, oh, get this guy off. I want Captain Lee. And I'm just like, he's a great captain. (laughs) But Adrian, I guess you know too what it's like, what editing can do to you and what it makes you look like (laughs) out of all people, I'm sure you know. Oh, for sure. And I think that's, I mean, that's why I'm grateful for the opportunity to do something like this with Jen and to do shows like yours, because I think that the show itself, they pick and choose the things that they highlight about each person. And if it doesn't fit with their narrative, like, God forbid, I have a sense of humor and I laugh and I enjoy myself. Like there were so many moments when we were filming where Ben and I were in tears. We were laughing so hard and Dave and Eddie, like, there were so many moments where we were just actually having a good time, but for them to show that, one, I understand that they don't have all the time in the world for that, but it also doesn't fit with their storyline of me being just as, um, hmm, what's the most polite way I can put this about A raging myself? B-word? <laughs> right, an unapproachable B-word. Yes. Yeah, and like, it's the kind of thing where it makes me sad because I feel like if they had shown even a fraction of that, it would have been an entirely different experience for me, but I can't go back and do it now. All I can do is fun stuff like this. And that's why I'm one of the reasons why I'm grateful for this. And I really, I hope, and I have a very strong feeling that sometime very soon, we will get to see more of Captain Sean in one way or another, and people will get to see what he's really about. Because he is goofy, and he is funny, and he's interesting, and he's probably one of the most well-traveled, intelligent, interesting people that I've ever encountered in the yachting industry. And that's saying quite a lot because our industry is full of well-rounded, interesting, well-traveled people. (laughs) But on that note, Jen and I did a poll on Monday night for the episode where we asked other people, because there have been rumors flying around that Sandy comes back and fills in for Lee on his season that they're filming right now. And people have just been losing their minds over this. And I have a mind to call Captain Sean and ask him why they haven't asked him to come and do it yet. But it's the kind of thing where I'm sitting here going, why would they change the congruency of that show? We're used to Sandy being on med. We're used to Lee being in the Caribbean or he was in Tahiti for one season, but that was extenuating circumstances. How do you feel about that? Because everybody seems to be weighing in right now on this. I'm mixed here on when it comes to Captain Sandy potentially taking over mid-season or whatever the rumors are. But last season was the first season that I was kind of disappointed with how Captain Lee handled things. It just seemed like he Mm -hmm. was a little maybe... Detached? Detached. And Captain Sandy is anything but detached. She's like way too attached. Mm -hmm. So... (laughs) I would love to see a crew start with someone who is a bit detached and then just to have this energy just come in and change and see what happens. To start off with somebody that's detached and then wing complete 180 to somebody who's a stage five clinger. (laughs) Micromanager. Yes. (laughs) I agree. I think it would be fascinating to watch because you know that it's just going to be like whiplash for the crew. And especially if Eddie's back, I mean, without Boat Daddy, I mean, what is Captain Sandy? 
And how is that? How are those relationships going to change? If Chef Rachel's back, what is the relationship between that? I'm very curious to see. This would make me watch. Yeah, I think so too. I think the people in the poll that said that they would not watch maybe feel that way right this moment. But once the season starts and then all that starts to unfold, like if they're just going to watch Lee's episodes until he leaves and then protest by stopping to watch, I'd be very interested to see if they just continue to watch the fireworks, you know? I would watch. I'm going to watch no matter what, because as much as I say that this show frustrates me and I'll feel like boycotting, like when one season ends, I'll feel like it. And by the time the next season rolls around, I'm like Mr. Short-Term Memory. Oh, okay. My show's (laughs) coming back on. So I'm fine with it. I think you're not the only one with a short-term memory, Jeff, but- (laughs) Usually, so we kind of got out of order here. Normally, Jason, what we do is we ask people when they got involved with Below Deck, when they started watching and how, like it was somebody that told you, did you stumble upon it? Were you just, you had already binged out everything else during COVID. There's lots of different ways that people get to Below Deck, but how did that happen for you? Interesting. I don't really remember or recall exactly when I started watching the show. I just knew you know, my fiance is a big YouTuber when it comes to Bravo news and housewives and stuff. And I just got so oversaturated with housewives and, and ladies yelling at each other on TV and so much drama that I think below deck came on. I was like, this is a nice change of pace. <laughs> you know, like I compare to, and I think Adrian, I told you this, the yachting industry almost to the circus because I used to perform with the circus and it's, you know, people from all over the world from different backgrounds and disciplines and cultures coming together to almost put on a show or put on a charter. And I really related to it. And I found, wow, this is really fun to watch. And the yachting industry is way bigger than I ever imagined it to be. I, in my head, I'm thinking there's only five yachts in the world with these billionaires and who works on them. We don't know them. And this industry is huge. I had no idea. I didn't either. I had no clue until I've always been a Bravo-holic. So I was like your fiance, every Real Housewives franchise. And you did need a palate cleanser at a point because you can only take so much of that. And I've actually backed off a lot of the franchises of Housewives now because it's just too much. I think COVID really shifted my perspective on reality TV. And I still can find myself being endeared to Below Deck, but a lot of the other shows, I'm like, ugh, a little too cringe now it seems disproportionate to what we've all gone through together as a human experience agreed so of the three franchises do you have a favorite or they all like your children and you don't want to pick how does it work for you oh that's so interesting I'm really enjoying sailing to be honest Mm -hmm. and I enjoyed it last season but the first season I was like what is this what is a sailing yacht (laughs) I I want to see the opulence and, you know, the over top interiors of the motor yachts. I want to see that, but I have a little more respect for sailing this season because so far we're starting off with such a big bang, but my first introduction to below deck was actually below deck med. Mm -hmm. And I think it was Sandy's first season. And I just really, I don't know if it was the location Mm -hmm. or what, but I really did fall in love with that. And it took me a minute to start watching below deck. Right. (laughs) And Jen, it took me a long time to see Adrian on below deck because <laughs> it was like Christmas time or New Year's. I think it was the day after New Year's. That's what it was. I was telling Adrian this. Her season was playing and I was like, oh, I really like Adrian. Like she's great. 
but I only watched a few episodes. So. See, older, more mature me likes Adrian now. <laughs> At the time, I was full on in Housewives mode. I grew up watching the real world. So I loved the cat craziness and that kind of thing. But when I took it from the perspective now, like I do, would I want to work with this person? It's a big hecky no. There's no way in the world that I would do that. <laughs> and so that's why when Adrian and I first met, I apologized to her. And I was just like, you might see some things on the interwebs that I typed that were not so nice. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I mean, I totally get it. Look, cats fun mm -hmm. and when she's good she's great when she's sober she's awesome and she's the kind of person that you would want to hang out with and have a beer with and probably would be the most entertaining person in your workplace mm -hmm. but would you want her managing a multi-million dollar asset no no and to tell you the truth if i had to pick only one to be my friend it would be you because you are loyal and lovely Aww. i pay her to say that jason i, I mean adrian you're her. already my friend so i can't say that like <laughs> I, <laughs> oh I he one upped me dang i know <laughs> i don't think i would enjoy hanging out with a lot of other people so i you know i'm not really a big people person i was just telling jeff that before we got on here so well, you are with the right crowd. I am a hermit. <laughs> I live in my little plot of land and I see people only when I absolutely have to or via Zoom. So you like Sailing Yacht and you fell in love with Med. Where are you on OG? Oh, OG, I'm all caught up. Yeah. I'm all caught up. I just really, I found, you know, when I started my YouTube channel, because yeah, again, my fiance covers a lot of the Bravo stuff. He doesn't touch below deck. Mm -hmm. He has done some interviews with Hannah and chef Kiko and a couple of other people from the show. So jealous. I love Kiko. Who's fabulous, by the way. So respectful and nice and amazing. Mm -hmm. Exactly. All the things right. that we think he would yeah, be. Which yeah. is probably why he didn't last <laughs> on the show, if I'm correct. But I started recapping Below Deck Sailing Yacht when I first started my YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. And I got, all of a sudden, my friend Josh and I started this Anchor Watch thing just for fun, just for shits and giggles to get on you know, YouTube and talk about something. And it turned into a bigger show and we call it Anchor Watch. And I got so many people excited to watch Below Deck, people who didn't watch Below Deck, who have been watching my channel for other reasons. And then we get on here and the first couple of episodes are like amazing. And then it just took a turn for the worst and that's no one's fault. It just was not a great season last season. And I just left feeling so disappointed and empty from that. Right. Yeah. I'm just glad that we had our recap to have fun with. Yeah. And that's how it got for us. It got to the point we took a week and a half off, I think, after the season ended because we just couldn't anymore. We couldn't talk about it. I mean, we had people we could have had on and we were just done. It was like, I don't want to say another word. Once the reunion was in the can, it was just like, okay, we're done. I don't want to talk about it anymore. I don't want to think about it. Let's just take a breather. And reset. Yeah. And I think for what it's worth, we did kind of the same thing with this podcast. We started with Mediterranean this summer with our first season doing our podcast. And I think for a lot of different reasons, it was a really good season for us to start with because we figured a lot of people weren't going to be watching because they threatened not to because Sandy and Malia were back. And we figured it would be a good way for us to practice so that it, when it was time for regular below deck, we were warmed up and ready to go. 
And I think that that was the best because we have missed, just missed season two of Sailing, which would have been an amazing season to podcast about, but it was just timing. So I think that this was the best possible way for us to start our podcast was in the midst of something where we thought there wasn't going to be a lot of pressure on it because we didn't think a lot of people were going to be watching it. And it turns out they did, even though they said they weren't going to. (laughs) And it started to grow our following pretty quickly. And that was very cool to see. It was amazing the responses that we got and the people that we were able to bring on. And we had a couple of charter guests that we interviewed and I mean, it was just amazing stuff that we didn't anticipate because we thought nobody was going to watch the show, you know, because everybody said they weren't going to because Sandy was back. So I'm glad that that was not the case. And I'm glad that all of this in totality has led me to meet you as well. Actually, Jason and I and a, a couple more friends of mine got together It was last month, wasn't it? I was driving through West Palm Beach to jump on a boat and Jason happened to be home. So we met up and it was amazing. And I love the fact that all of this stuff has led to friends in real life. And Jason, you're awesome. And I know that I'm not going to give anything away, but one of the people that we had lunch with is going to be on a future season of Below Deck, the one that we haven't even seen yet. So I'm super stoked about that. And I know you're excited for the opportunity to get that person on your show as well. I'm really excited for you to do that because I think it's going to be crazy. But having you sit there with us and have a conversation about all of the ins and outs of what we experienced through this process and what filming was like for me 10 years ago and what filming was like for this person recently. I mean, you tell me, but it's still a very interesting thing to sit through because it just sounds so different than what you see. I mean, it's completely different. And I didn't think I expected it to be as different as it actually ended up being. I mean, because you watch other Bravo franchises and it's really hard to compare like a housewife to a below deck, let's say. But we know there's a lot of pre-production. There's a lot of shady editing. There's a lot of twists and turns that you don't expect. I thought I was watching what really was happening But the way the show is edited and just hearing your stories and a few other people, you know, people we've met or through Captain Sean, how things are portrayed and what's really happening on the yacht. It was almost like a little disappointing because I almost felt like we would get a really good show if we focused on the good Mm -hmm. and the actual work that you guys do and put in. Because there are some amazing stories. Or even some of the good, even a fraction of it. Yeah, we don't get to see that. We don't get to see how talented, Adrian, you know, you were stepping into that position or or as a chef. We didn't really get to see how talented Captain Sean is. This guy is amazing. He's like one of the best captains. I think he can surpass all the captains on Blow Deck right now through his background, but that's not how he was portrayed. And I really wish we got to see kind of like the talent of the crew a little more than the disappointments of the crew or the drama of the crew or the drunkness of the crew if that makes sense. Yeah. I was talking about this with my daughter. I just got her to start watching when Adrian and I started podcasting and she's binged every season of every franchise now. She's a mad woman. She put in the work. (laughs) Yes, she did. She put in the work, but she was saying that going back because she watched med first, because that's what we were covering. And then she went back and watched OG 
And she was saying how much different it was back then. It was more documentary style than what it is now. Now it's very heavily produced and you can see it. And I know that there was some Frankensteining back then of comments and confessionals and things, Adrian, that you experienced but it didn't seem as overproduced as what we've got going on now. And I wish they could find a balance between the two. I think they both have their merits because nobody's going to want to see everything go well all the time. So if they can find just a happy medium there and give us some good and just not go so dark, because it feels like the last two seasons have just been really heavy. And Jen, I really appreciate that documentary style kind of too. Some of my favorite channels on YouTube are like Colin's channel. Mm -hmm. The Parlay Revival on on YouTube is fantastic. He has over 200,000 subscribers and Sailing SV Delos. And I love watching that. I love the documentary style of it. And I just love seeing like the good and the positivity. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, like last season of Below Deck, we focused on something, an entire season that could have been dealt with in one episode. Right. Exactly. And that's when we started our podcast, that's what we wanted to get back to was positivity because there was a lot of other podcasts that were getting into look shaming and body shaming and things like that. And that's just not our vibe. So we went into this very naively, I might add, (laughs) saying we're going to be the positive podcast. And like within... (laughs) Five minutes, we're both hating on Matthew and Lexi of Below Deck Mad. And it was just like, okay, so we might not be the most positive podcast because- You can't like everyone. You just can't. And I say that all the time. You can't like everyone. If you do, you're not being authentic. And I would rather be honest with people who are giving us their personal time to listen to our thoughts- I'd rather be honest with them than blow smoke up their rear. So Bravo likes me or lets me interview one of their people. You know what I mean? Mm, Absolutely. I mean, we're only working with what we're given, right? to be clear. So how did you and Josh get together to do this? Were you friends outside of it? Yeah, Josh and I, we actually performed together in Cirque du Soleil for years. Wow. And he was like a physical comedian clown. Mm -hmm. And I was an acrobat and dancer. And I, I don't know, opposites attract. We really just had a great friendship. And one day I was on YouTube and I was talking about below deck sailing. He's like, what are you talking about on your YouTube channel? This sounds like so interesting and I, I want to check it out. So I told him and he and his wife got into below deck sailing. They watched every episode and then he started watching all the below decks. Mm-hmm. He's like, I love this show. And I'm like, great. Do you want to join me and do this <laughs> YouTube recap? Because I don't like doing it by myself. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure you ladies know it's it's much easier to, to have a conversation with someone than it is just to talk about it by yourself. And and now it's turned into a lot of fun. Yeah, it is a lot of fun to watch. And I love it. You jokingly said when Adrian was on with you guys, you said you're the elementary school version and we're the college version, (laughs) which I don't think is true. I think you guys are wonderful, but I do see similarities with your dynamic because he and I are like the, if you go old school, Ed McMahon or newer school, Andy Richter to your Johnny and Conan. (laughs) So We get lost in tangents. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think one one time we went on two hours and, and you got to think we're live too. And he's on the West Coast mm-hmm. and I have a lot of subscribers and, and viewers on the West Coast. So I wanted to do kind of a late night show just for fun. Right. Again, shits and giggles. I wasn't going to take it seriously, but it's actually turned into something, you know, 
fun. I can't, I can't believe we even had like, you know, Captain Sean come in, Adrian. We're so lucky to just have you guys grace our presence of Anchor Watch. <laughs> but yeah, we do get in these tirades that just kind of go off topic, but it really makes for a fun community and it builds a really fun community. I am the queen of off topic, but Adrian is very good at keeping us on course. <laughs> she will take the helm and she will be like, and back to the show. <laughs> Rain it back in. Rain it back in. <laughs> What are you looking forward to from this season of Sailing Yacht? So far, I mean, it's already started off. I'm in love with Marcos, by the way. It's unabashed. I'm completely open about it. Yeah. I think that he's a great addition to the show. Not so much with Ashley. She's my only negative drawback right now. Tom, I can deal with. A lot of my kids' friends are Toms, so (laughs) I understand him. But who are you liking on the show? Who would you rather see replaced? Where are you at? Oh, you know, I, you know, Jen, I'm with you a little bit on the Ashley thing. I'm, I maybe I'm just not getting a clear understanding of actually who she is, mm-hmm. but it, it's just coming off off putting in a sense. I think we had this conversation. I believe it was last week on my show, and everyone said, "Do not sleep on Kelsey," because I really think she is smart. She cracks and she's me funny. up. <laughs> she's yes, and, and I don't funny. think everyone gets her her jokes. I like, you know, when she has very smart timing and stuff. And I think we're going to see a lot more of her. Mm-hmm. Chef Marcos is just fabulous to watch. As you said, Jen, like fabulous. I, I love watching these chefs who put the work in and they're so disciplined. I love the way he's cleaning the kitchen at the end of the night. And then he's the first one up in the morning. This guy is amazing. And I hope to see that consistency carry through the season. Yeah. I'm loving Captain Glenn for the first time. Really? Yeah. See, I've been in love with him. I don't know what it is about him. It's just something, it's just the Canadian sweetness underneath, I think, that I felt. Absolutely. It's got a Midwestern vibe with a little bit different accent. So I can relate to him (laughs) too. I'm excited. I like seeing that they're in the Balearic Islands. I love that area of the world. I don't know if there's something I'm really waiting for Mm -hmm. but something I was asking when we do our show too and we were all talking we're missing those guests those crazy crazy guests who are just never happy and they need everything they want everything and then here we are episode three yeah blow deck sailing yacht and and we I've got what I've asked for the whole season of darn you for asking for it oh my (laughs) heck (laughs) so they're just such horrible people I don't like to say that about people because I'm sure everyone has their good qualities, but they're I re- awful. they're awful. And I really see them as like that their basic function on this planet is to show the rest of us how not to behave. <laughs> That's how I see them. I agree 100%. with that. They're just, oh, I can't. They're horrible. I wasn't even shocked that they got kicked off the plane. And Daisy seemed shocked. And I'm like, you had to work on a charter with them. You should know who these people are. <laughs> they advertise that it they're proudly. they're terrible. Yeah, that they're terrible humans. You know, when my blood started to boil is when he didn't know what gazpacho was. And mm-hmm. he said, that just sounds gross. And I'm like, you, right. you haven't even tasted it. Yeah. That's like saying you don't like something and you haven't tried it. And I, I just find that attitude so off-putting and almost in a sense they come off extremely privileged I mean they're the definition of it but then you know Chef Marcos really put it in such a in a a good way it's yeah you can wear the fancy clothes and have all the money but your palate is not fancy right 
Right. I've seen her long, long before. In 2010, there was a show on BH1 called You're Cut Off. And she was just as obnoxious then. She was still on daddy's credit cards then. And it was about basically taking trust fund babies and cutting them off from their money. And she was the exact same person 12 years ago as she is now. And to me, that just tells me everything I need to know about who she is. Because if you've had no growth in a decade plus, then there's little hope. She'd have to get hit by a bolt of lightning or something for the light to turn on, I think. I don't think there's any electricity in that building. I don't think she's going to get a light to turn on, honey. You're you're reaching. You need electricity for life. I said a lightning bolt. They're on a sailboat. (laughs) It can happen. Valid. (laughs) Put her up in the crow's nest. Make it happen. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. But what about the Daisy Gary hookup? Are you anxious to see that or just, just the thought of it put you off? No, I don't think I'm really excited for the the Daisy Gary hookup situation. Just watching their dynamic last season with that very brother-sister relationship. Oh, I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah, yeah that does just, make it kind of creepy. It's weird. <laughs> it, it's weird. You know, something I do have to say about Gary, though, is as crazy as he is and comes off and as drunk as he does get when they have a day off, he mm-hmm. really does work hard. Yeah, and he really does. And he knows what he's doing. And I think that's important, but also at the same time, you see on other franchises where, and maybe it's a smaller space, so maybe, you know, the chef needs help, but on other franchises, you see other departments not really wanting to kind of cross over and and help each other out because that's not my job. Right. But then we see Gary washing dishes, we see Gary running food, and it makes me have a a level of respect for him over other people in his position on other franchises. I agree. But I'm curious to see how Daisy is going to deal with, and I know I'm swaying or going off on tangent here, but that's how she's going to deal with me. You're allowed. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, there we go. (laughs) No, but how Daisy's going to deal with the Ashley and Gabby situation. Cause I feel like that is just going to build. Yeah. And I think it is too. I think it's going to blow. And unfortunately, I don't think it's going to blow in the way that I would like it to. I think the misstep that Gabby made this week is going to set a perspective in Daisy's mind. This is just me guessing at this point. But how she reacted to Gabby coming in and saying that makes me feel like she's going to put it on Gabby because Ashley is one of those people who's very good at not letting the people who matter see her faults. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Like when it comes to Captain Glenn or Gary or Daisy, people of rank, She's not going to let them see that side, but she will let people like Tom see it, let Gabby see it. She had zero respect for Gabby when Gabby was being very contrite and apologizing to her and was being the bigger person in that moment. She just doubled down on her. And I feel like that's what we're going to see. Ashley going at Gabby privately and seeing Gabby react publicly. Mm. I don't know. Just a guess. 
just years of watching reality television. We shall see. <laughs> you know, I didn't know that the second and third stew, you know, that technicality really meant so much until last season with Frasier. And then of course, now with Ashley and Gabby, it, it seemed to really bother Ashley that she's the third stew, but it's not like they're on a different pay scale in my mind. Right. They're not, but in industry that's about rank, like where you were before, and Adrian's taught me this, what you were before on your previous charters sets the tone for where you can go ahead of time. So if she shows that her last charter she worked, she was third stew the whole time. Chances are if she's competing with somebody else for second stew and her last experience was third stew, somebody else might get that. You see what I mean? Mm, absolutely. And I wonder too, I mean, if maybe Adrian can t- let us know, um, but I wonder too, uh, you know, cause it was decided on the yacht when they, when they got up there, D- Daisy was going over the resumes and deciding. And I would think mm-hmm. that in real life that would be decided before they come on the yacht. Yeah. Um, because I know Adrian was filling me and they don't actually do those preference sheet meetings. It's usually just emailed out to the heads of department and things are put together It's not like they sit down all the time and have these. And we don't. You're absolutely right in that it would have been determined ahead of time. Also, preference sheet meetings are not a thing. If the interior for a beach party needs to coordinate with the exterior team, then the chief stew meets with the bosun or the first officer to coordinate that. It's not a giant sit down. Like, that's not how we operate. And normally there's one go-to person, which is the chief stew that filters out all of that information. So the captain and the chief stew and the chef usually are all on an email and they all get that information at the same time from the charter broker or from the guests themselves so that everybody knows what's happening and they're on the same page. And that's, that's usually what happens. Second and third stew, not a massive difference between responsibility or pay grade at all. It's just the title, but that would have been taken care of well ahead of time. But we know for the purposes of drama, it's more interesting to have them sit there and go, okay, well, I'm looking at your resume for the first time right now in front of you. And sure, you can be second stew. Okay. Hmm. What difference is it going to make at that point? I get you. I understand. Well, it looks like we've got a decent season ahead it looks like there's a lot of boat drama which i like not the people drama so much but things that go on with the ship itself that is something that i'm always in for so we'll see what happens if they actually run aground or if glenn saves them at the last minute and how that all happens i do like that what you just said jen the boat drama versus the people drama because this is why i enjoy watching the show i want to see how the yacht operates i want to see the people operate the yacht and do their job and see what that all entails. Because I know there are mistakes made with boats all the time. There's so so many moving parts. There's so many moving parts. How can you keep it together? That's the most interesting part to me. When we get to the people drama, there are shows for that. Right. Already on this network, there are shows for that everywhere else. We can see that. And there's only so much that they can do. There's only so many scenarios of drama that can be presented. There's relationship drama there's cultural drama it gets redundant after a while if you're a total bravo viewer like i am you've already seen this and actually people were pointing out we've seen this scenario with gary last season with more than one female so it's like 
we've already done that. And maybe it's going to take a little left turn. Maybe he decides to get more serious about Daisy and it's not as frivolous as last season's was. But at the same time, there's only so far you can go with it. I mean, it's perfect for reality TV in the sense that it's a very short arc. There's not a lot of depth that you have to get into with it. But it's still the same old, same old as far as Bravo goes. I can flip on Summer House or Housewives or Family Karma or whatever I'm watching and see the same kind of personal drama. I can't see sailing drama on any show on Bravo except Sailing Yacht. You know what I mean? Absolutely. But we shall see how it goes. We really appreciate you coming on and giving us your time so much. We know that you've got your own show to do tonight at 11. I'm so excited. I'm excited. I'll probably have you on in the background while I'm editing because (laughs) uh, I've got some editing still to do tonight. So I might be able to pop into your live chat. Usually I'm fast asleep by the time that you're on. I'm not much of a night owl. Well, we will have to get both of you on at one point. I think that would be fun to have the entire Gangplank Report. I love it. On at the same time. You are so sweet, but I have a face for podcasting and a voice for silent film. You can make a beautiful avatar. (laughs) I I swear, it's it's amazing. People do it all the time. I have callers call. (laughs) But I would love to get your two cents. That is, if in fact, you know, you love to stay up. (laughs) <laughs> past 11 which i really don't like doing <laughs> yeah i have to get up at 3 30 in the morning east coast time so <laughs> it's, oh, very, it's very hard i would be so obliterated <laughs> yeah i would be the elementary school kid and you would be the college kids for sure <laughs> <laughs> But we do appreciate you coming on so much. Everybody, check them out. Follow, subscribe to Jason's YouTube channel. What is the channel handle, Jason? Uh, The channel is called Down With Jason. It's actually a play off of my fiance's channel, who is Up and Adam. So I'm the Down With Jason. I cover all the stuff he does not cover. So it's a kind of take on that. But every Tuesday night, you can find our weekly Below Deck chat At 11 p.m., we call it Anchor Watch because it is so damn late. So (laughs) I would assume (laughs) that would be time for Anchor Watch. But yeah, come check us out. And it was such a pleasure to be here with you and actually get to meet you, Jen. Great to meet you too. And I can't wait to get to meet Josh at some point too, my little Andy Richter. (laughs) We'll make it work. We can bond over second fiddledom. I love it. Then you're the wind beneath my wing. Oh, okay, bet. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you guys for tuning in. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe us on Apple Podcasts if you could. That helps us out a lot. And we will be back for the recap of episode five next Wednesday. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye. Special thanks to our friends who helped us create Gangplank Report. Down below music and lyrics by Angel Tweeter Frail and Terry Abbott. Performed by Laura Lyle, Florida. Production assistance by Michael Castaneda. Super fan intro by Blind Lawrence. Cast off me, hearties. <laughs> <laughs>